Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. Today we join Jesus for another dinner, starting in Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and when he went into the Pharisee's house, he reclined to dine. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair, kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, Is this, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. The house was full. Jesus was well known for miracles and controversial teaching. It was common for one leader to invite another to have dinner at their home, and they would eat and discuss or debate. These meals would draw a crowd because people love a good argument. They were not there for the meal, but were spectators of the conversation. You didn't have to have an invitation. It was just an open event. They crowded inside and even listened from the windows and tried to hear standing out side in the street. Now, in some instances, we have written record that there were people who would stand in the windows and they would, where they could hear, and they'd yell a play-by-play -play of the conversation out to those who couldn't hear outside, kind of like a commentator on a televised football game. But something special is about to happen that none of them expected, because one of the spectators intended to do more than just listen. The woman is called a sinner. Now, often when it's stated this way, it means that she's a prostitute. She put herself out there in a big way and took a risk to approach Jesus. She looked at, people looked at her the same way that we would today if she walked in and did that in this room. Imagine walking into the room knowing that you're going to walk up there and get emotional and break down and get down on the ground and wash a man's feet with your tears, not off to the side. It's the person at the center of all the attention. Now remember, in this crowd, you're looked down upon. You're a sinner. They know You know that they find you despicable, but you also know that he doesn't. He loves you. Imagine your heart racing, your fear, and all the reasons parading through your mind that you should not do this. But she went to him anyways. She and Jesus had interacted before. He has done something for her that involves forgiving her sins, and she believes it is true, and so her gratefulness drives her to act. She came prepared carrying a jar of oil or ointment. It was perfumed oil used to clean his feet. Her actions were accompanied by a great emotional outpouring of love as she pushed through the crowd. She wept because what he had done for her had transformed her life. She wept so much that she could use her tears to clean his feet and her hair to wipe the dirt off them. I cannot think of a more humble act. She lowers herself and does something that seems not only awkward, but shameful to those around her. Using her hair to wipe dirt off a man's feet. However, this is a great image of how we should empty ourselves of pride and bow our lives at the feet of Jesus. She exhibits great humility, and we should follow her example. The Pharisee who is hosting the dinner says to himself what we might have thought as well. If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner.
Now, we know Jesus, and we know that he knows exactly who is touching him. He knows her better than she even knows herself, and that is precisely the point. The Pharisee wants to build walls to keep people away, but Jesus breaks them down to bring people in. The Pharisee wants to keep her away because she is a sinner, but Jesus wants to bring her near because she is a sinner. Listen to Jesus' explanation. We continue in verse 40. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now, which of them would love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time she came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her, sin, her many sins have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Gratefulness is the primary motivation of the Christian life. We don't follow Jesus to earn his love or, or, or our salvation. We follow Jesus out of gratefulness for what he's done for us. The point of this whole episode is that the woman's great love for Jesus is fueled by her understanding of the great forgiveness that Jesus has given her. This is contrasted with the Pharisee who does not show love and respect to Jesus because he is not grateful for anything. He doesn't feel that he needs Jesus' forgiveness or healing. Love for Jesus always begins in understanding that we are lowly, sinful, and in great need. The woman was a sinner. That is made clear throughout the story. She knew she had a great need. Humility is a prized attribute in the kingdom of God. Listen, a person cannot be saved if they do not understand their own sinfulness and helplessness. Another great place that we see this example is Luke 18. Jesus told this parable. To some who, were trust, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. He says two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying, Thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Do you see the difference? The Pharisee reminds us of the one hosting Jesus at dinner, and the sinner has the same attitude as the sinful woman. Today, we need to know that we are dead in our sins and in need of a Savior. But Jesus does not leave us in despair. He loved, our love for him grows from the fact that in our mess, he loved us. And he came and he died on the cross to forgive our sins. And he rose again from the dead to give us new, glorious, eternal life in him.
Jesus has forgiven you. You don't understand that love and the power of that forgiveness if you don't first see the depths of the hole you've dug for yourself with your sin. Now, I know that for some of you, you think, come on now, I've never done anything that bad. Okay, I hear you. But if you have ever disobeyed even a single point of the way of Jesus, been hateful towards another person or, or loved something more than God even a single time or thought you greater or better than someone else, you've rejected God and sat down on his throne deciding for yourself what is right or wrong. Without his intervention, we were headed to eternal death. This is the difference between the Pharisee and the sinful woman. This is why she loves him so much. This is why it's important that we have a good understanding of the gospel of Jesus. We need to have a good grasp of who he is and what he's done for us because what we believe fuels what we do. The woman would have never expressed her love for Jesus had she not had an understanding of what he had done for her, and we need the same. We were dead in our sins, destined for eternal death. Until Jesus, fully God and fully human, the promised Messiah of Israel, came and lived a sinful, sorry, lived a sinless life to show us how to live, died on the cross to forgive our sins, and rose again to promise eternal life to all who follow him. Don't let it be just a story that you hear, but you must make the gospel part of your story. It's not just that people have sinned, but that you have rejected him. It's not just that he died for the sins of the world, but that he suffered for your sins and forgives your sins specifically. When we take that in and we believe him and realize that this is all ours, that what greater treasure could we gain? What greater deed could be done for us? How, Who could we ever owe more than we owe Jesus? So he is not physically with us, right, to seek him out and to show our love in the way that the woman did. Obedience is the way that we express love for Jesus. Jesus isn't here, but he says that what you do for the least of these, you do for me. Love for other people is love for Jesus, especially those who are most difficult to love, who seem most outcast. You must study the scriptures to know the life he teaches you to live and then obey him. Obey Jesus in doing what he tells you to do. Pray, forgive, care, serve, give, love people, gather with the church, sing praises, do what he says. Also, repent of those things he speaks against. Lust and anger, sex outside of his plan for us, hateful speech, ignoring the needs of others, stealing, lying, and using other people are all clear examples from scripture. In John 14, Jesus says, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Luke 17 tells us another story about gratitude, starting in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered the village, Ten men with a skin disease approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. See, they noticed the depths of their despair. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they, made, they were made clean. Then one of them, 
when he saw that he was healed, turned back and praised God. And with a loud voice, he prostrated himself on the ground at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give God glory except for this foreigner? Then he said to them, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Notice here that Jesus recognizes that what we would clearly call gratitude as faith. To be grateful to God for what he has done is an essential part of the faith that he desires in our lives. So today, be grateful. Go home and remember the things that he, you have to be grateful for. Tell him about them in prayer. The woman, she could have just gone on with her life and enjoyed the benefits of forgiveness, or the leper could have just gone on like the other nine and lived a healed life. However, they are lifted up. They are blessed. They are near to Jesus because they come to him and pour out their gratitude and love for him at his feet. I know that there are hard things in our lives too. I'm not saying that we have to ignore those. But God never asks us to do that. He tells us to bring them to him as well. Remember, what he has given you and what he has done for you and keep those truths before your eyes. And I'm telling you right now that your mindset, your outlook, your actions will be transformed. You will live a life of love for Jesus. Gratefulness has great power in your mind and in your heart. We talk a lot about focusing on Jesus and minimizing distractions. To spend time giving God thanks for the goodness he has given us is a great way to focus on him and forget about the distractions. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. Go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com, where you can learn a lot more about our church and prepare for your first time visiting us. We gather every Sunday morning at 10.50 for our worship gathering. Before that, at 9.45, uh, we have Sunday school. We would love to have you with us anytime. There on our website, you can also find the Contact Us tab just to let us know you're listening, how we can pray for you. Uh, you'll also find Give where you can support our ministry. We appreciate you listening. Have a great week. Love God. Love others. And tell somebody about Jesus.